0: Before we start today, let me tell you about Peterson Toyota, who has served Fort Collins, Loveland, Windsor, and Tidmouth for more than 50 years. When you visit the dealership, you'll receive first-class attention, whether it be for a service appointment, help picking out the right part for your Toyota, or test driving a new or pre-owned vehicle. If your heart is set on a new Toyota, you may wanna inquire about the 2024 Tacoma TRD Off-Road, which recently had its first official public reveal in Loveland. Pricing and availability will be announced soon, but call the dealership ASAP and get on the list, as Fort Collins and Northern Colorado residents are prioritized over all others. But whatever you're looking for, Peterson's expert staff will help you find the vehicle that is right for you, all at competitive pricing and financing. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please get Peterson Toyota, first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm Joel Canelamessa, joined by Mike Rowe. And today we've got an awesome guest joining us, Bradley Van Pelt. Bradley was just interviewed by the Denver Post, Sean Keeler. It was a great story. Love reading that this morning. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But uh, it got me fired up, got me all excited uh, for the for the showdown coming up Saturday night. Uh, made it sound like he might be coming to the game, which would be awesome. Uh, so we want to get Bradley on here again. I know it's been a couple <laughs> years since we last had him. Yeah, with the Rocky Mountain Showdown coming up, he, he was the perfect guest because he's always entertaining in the Rocky Mountain Showdown, whether he's playing or not. So... Uh, in his career, Bradley passed for 6,200 yards, rushed for 2,300, ranks number three in school history in total offense, Eighty, almost 8,600 yards. He was Offensive Player of the Year in the Mountain West in 2002, 2003. He's at the top of everyone's list of favorite Ram players, including mine. So always a pleasure to
1: have you, Bradley. How are you, buddy? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, thank you both for having me on. It is uh, It's a big week, right? Football's on all of our minds. So Rocky Mountain Showdown. Let's clear this up. It sounded like you were coming. Are you going to be there? You know, I think I'm gonna make an appearance, but I still have to speak with my wife. We we haven't really negotiated the fine the finer details, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it open. I think I think there could be a sighting. There could be a sighting. Should be.
0: If uh if said sighting happens, would there be a cape or no cape
1: this year? <laughs> oh the cape, yeah. Um, you know, I'm gonna to try to refrain from capes, from t-shirts, <laughs> from um hats. You know, I, uh, part of, I guess the part of the, the ongoing joke, right, is I've grown up a little bit here in my forties and all, all I really need to do is let the players uh, on the field do the speaking.
2: Uh, I just need to be a spectator. So, uh, the question about, hey, uh, Who was more pissed off, uh, Sonny or Shanahan?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, back in the day, Sonny was pretty good at um, keeping his frustrations to himself. Very rarely was I ever called into his office uh, for for much and if I was you know he didn't he didn't really let any words fly quite different with uh, coach Shanahan and, and coach uh, Kubiak let me tell you uh, there was um, a few early mornings in particular after a Rocky Mountain showdown about 20 years ago and I was in that those offices early trying to explain myself <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, now wasn't the wasn't the cape and the t-shirt game was that the game in Boulder in
1: 2009 it, it was actually, I think it was 2005. That okay. was, uh, okay. yeah, because that was the game. Justin Holland was the the starter. Yeah, I gotcha. want to say that we we really had this game locked up and it was very frustrating, uh, you know, to, to lose that game because CSU at that time was still riding high and we were, you know, I want to say it was still the kind of the legacy, uh, the back end of, of Sonny Lubick. Well, you
0: brought that game up. I wanted to ask you because uh, that, I mean, that was a whole string of just kicking the nards, Mm -hmm. losses starting with 2003 Mm -hmm. lightning game uh Mm -hmm. then 2004 was a I think we got stuffed at the goal line 2005 I think we lost in overtime on a field goal Um, (sighs) it was was so brutal uh just a horrible stretch but um so the one game in 2005 that you were at as a spectator Mm -hmm. uh or maybe it was 2000 I can't remember which one was which 2004 2005 but Marcus Houston who you did play with one year yeah um he came over from the Buffs, from the dark side, and uh, transferred to CSU, and everyone was kind of excited about that, you know, because he was a heralded running back. And mm-hmm. I remember, Eric mm-hmm. Bieniemy was calling him Marquisha in practice when he was a Buff, and uh, just he didn't like that, so he transferred to, to CSU, the good side, and just uh, I think he did have a good game running against them in 2003. I think he had 100 yards, something like that. But in 2004, man, he had a chance to just stick it up there. You know yep. what? And mm-hmm. he gets stuffed at the goal line. It was like uh, I don't know, third and goal from the six inch line. He couldn't get in,
2: and it was yeah. just
0: like darn it because that would have been such a storybook inning. But what was it? What was it like having him on your team? What do you remember about him as a teammate?
1: Well, before I, I talk about Marcus in particular, you know that particular play you're you're talking about. I I recollect with clarity that you know he he got stuffed, but he could have gone over the top. And I remember watching the play and watching the reruns. And thinking, wow! If he would have just gone over the top, the game was over, right? I, you know, why didn't he do this? And you know, why did he try to lower, his, you know, shoulder and 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 kind of force his way in when it looked like to me and the replays that it could have easily gone over the top? So that was, yeah, extremely disappointing. Uh, it was it was kind of like uh, the the bubble kind of burst, right? Because I felt like that's when some of the steam came out uh, of the engine. Now, Marcus, as an individual, a wonderful guy, wonderful talent. I enjoyed playing with them. It was it was very special to have him come over and and join our team. I think it spoke volumes. Of the CSU Rams during that era spoke volumes of of Coach Lubick and and the staff uh, for him to consider this because he knew he was going to catch a lot of flack. Right, he stayed in state. Uh, he came north, right, sixty miles, and he endured it. But he did it with a smile. He showed up every day. He worked hard. Uh, I remember uh, vividly you know, working out next to him a lot. I used to sprint next to him uh, during our early morning workouts. And, you know, he was quicker, faster than me, but it was kind of like my goal just to stay up with him. And I knew if I could stay up with him, I was making progress. So I I, I formed a bond with him and uh, I, I wish it would have ended uh, better for him at CSU. Uh, a little more accolades, a little more wins, but all in all, great guy
0: let's start with uh what we all remember was just a such an a fun game exceptional game okay. when you were playing 2002 your junior year um 15 rushes 92 yards 11 for 24 passing 168 yards you ran for a touchdown which we all remember was the head spike run um Cecil Sapp had an amazing run in that game where he carried basically nine <laughs> CU defenders and I'll I, I remember how it fired mm-hmm. up you were on that mm-hmm. play just run up and pumping your fist and what was you – know, that was actually the third win over the Buffs mm-hmm. in four years. Mm-hmm. It was basically mm-hmm. like, here we are. We're taking over this this yeah. rivalry. Yeah. What was that game like, the post-game like, uh, and your your emotions in that game?
1: Well, I, I think you we, we talk about that game of 2002, Rocky Mountain Showdown, you have to speak about the Virginia game the week before. Yep. Uh, that was the Jim Thorpe kickoff classic. You know, we we showed up. Uh, we put together a solid game. We came out victorious. So we were taking a lot of confidence into uh, you know the, the, the Rocky Mountain Showdown. And I remember you know people talking about how you know the, uh, how CU was top ten ranked. You know, and for me back in the day, I didn't mean anything to me, right? Rankings. I I didn't. I, I never was big on statistics and rankings. It's like, look, we're going to show up. We're going to play football. I have no idea who half these people are. I couldn't even, you know, name their names. They were just opponents to me. And I was chomping at the bit to get on the field. Uh, during the course of the game, it, it, when I look back, it, it was kind of an ugly game. I, you know, personally speaking, was still, I would say, quite um, unrefined as a quarterback. And, and maybe I was unrefined all the way to the end, you can argue. But you know, the game wasn't a, a blowout game for me, Uh I didn't do anything special, but I played four quarters. And I think at the end, and of course that was the game, uh, you know, with the head spike, it, it kind of all, accumulated into a a really good ending for us. And we stopped them, I think on fourth and goal uh, or, or something like that on the goal line with the incomplete pass. So a lot of uh, jubilation, a lot of uh, relief. And then of course, after the game, I, I made some remarks that still, I still get talked about. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I think that's just uh that's just a twenty a young twenty year old kid who's extremely excited uh, you know, to be uh victorious and extremely excited to be a ram at that time and just blowing off steam. So a lot of good memories. Uh again, ugly game, but we came out victorious. And I really, I I really think that's what it's about. It's about W's at the end of the day. It's not about looking good, it's not about statistics. Did you win the game? We won the game.
0: Of course you're, you're referring to the worst six ranked team comment that you made in the post <laughs> yeah. game that we all love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that was like, maybe, uh, maybe eclipsed Matt Newton's comments after he won for the second straight year, just a couple years prior to that, when he said mm-hmm. there's a new sheriff in town, I just love, it. both. I just, the, the, the swagger that both of you guys had that yeah. you brought to the quarterback position as leaders of the program was awesome.
1: Let me, let me bring something up about Newton. And I, a lot of people don't under understand this or don't remember, but I, I was a transfer from Michigan State, and uh, Newton was the quarterback. as a matter of fact, Pete Rebstock and Newton uh, like co-hosted me when I took a, a transfer um, you know visit to Colorado State. And I remember watching Newton play and how to me calm, cool, collective he was, how he just was a general on the field. And I, I tell a lot of the younger CSU Rams when I and I've talked to and over the past, I said, you know, we, I was very lucky. I saw how it was done before me. I saw how these people, you know, operated. And I just wanted to mimic what they did. Again, it wasn't glitz and glamour, right? It's, these were unorthodox people, but they just got it done. And, and when you bring up someone like Matt Newton, now I like to remind people, and I saw that. I was on the team, though. I couldn't actually practice or play, but I saw that. And that was really important for people to see, uh, especially if you're going to continue the legacy. And that's what's hard about changing a legacy now, is that what you've seen a lot previously is you haven't seen those iconic figures and you haven't played next to them. And I was so fortunate to have played against some iconic or not played against, but played with some iconic uh, Rams. It's funny you mentioned him and
0: Pete. Uh, we're actually going to have Pete on tomorrow. Uh, he just texted me and said he would love to come on. So, yeah. um, uh, and Matt actually tried to get Matt on this week. Matt's a little busy to to round up from work and and mm-hmm. get to spend time. And he's, mm-hmm. he's a little disenchanted with CSU football right now. So it's not uh, high on his priority list, mm-hmm. but, uh, anyway, he, he, you're right. He, he is fantastic. He's a former cherry Creeker like myself. And, uh, so that earns him an extra spot in my heart. So, mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that about those two guys. Mm-hmm. But I wonder ask you also mentioned Virginia. That was just, I mean, 2002 was one of the best years um, as that I've ever encountered as a, as a Ram fan. I was actually at that game in Charlottesville. And I just remember the, the stifling heat, by the way, that was just miserable. I don't know how you guys played a football game in it. But uh, the one thing that, that I remember, there's a lot of things I remember about it. It was just an amazing game. You were awesome. Cecil was awesome. Yep. Uh, but do you remember when you you hurt your elbow. I'm sure you remember. You hurt your elbow late in the game, and Justin had yeah. to come in.
1: I thought I broke. I thought I broke my arm or, or popped something on my socket because it was it hurt uh, like it never hurt before. And luckily, somehow that's why you lift weights and have muscle because it somehow popped itself back in. It subluxed, popped itself back in, and I got to finish the game. Very lucky.
0: You went back in. Yeah, you went back in because we we were standing there going, "Oh my God, there's there's our season right now." Yeah. Bradley just mm-hmm. broke his arm. Yeah. Uh, Justin had to go in for a play. I think he just mm-hmm. handed off once and you like to our amazement, you came back in the game, like one play later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course helped win that game. And, and we had a, basically a goal line stand Virginia fumbled at the goal line or near the goal line. And that was that. So, and then, uh, so to start that, we was the first college game of the season? Yeah. That year.
1: Yeah. Jim and Thorpe then, kickoff classic.
0: Yep. And that was late August, super hot, it's like blasting hot and humid at like 10 mm-hmm. o'clock at night. It was crazy, but, um, yep.
1: Imagine trying to throw footballs in that kind of temperature, actually. And and to bring about that Virginia game, I remember watching it not too long ago. And I've only watched, you know, mind you, a few whole games. I I typically watch maybe like a a series or a quarter of some game. And I was watching this Virginia game and being very critical of myself. I looked at and said, wow, I have horrible mechanics. Oh, wow. I just threw over Joel Dreesen for a touchdown. And all these things in my head kind of get replayed. And it's almost embarrassing. Right. I sometimes laugh at myself about how bad at times I looked and how many, you know, errant throws I had. And and I, it's just maybe the of who I am and being critical. But I I remember all those, the missed passes. Right. The missed opportunities. Uh, but we came out with W's. So back to the most important, you know, a statistic in the game, a, a W.
0: Pretty sure Matt Schaub was the quarterback for Virginia that game. Wasn't it was. he? Yeah, he yep. sure was. And he, and he had a
1: Yeah, he got taken out. And I actually backed up Schaub a little bit. Or actually, I shouldn't say I backed him up. I played with him at Houston when he came over from uh, Atlanta Falcons, where he backed up Michael Vick. Wow. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. He, you know, we're going back to my NFL days, but that was tough because you know, it's hard to it's hard not to you know you want to play so bad and it's hard to reflect upon the nfl years because they they didn't didn't turn out like i wanted to it's a lot easier to talk about the csu years but yeah. this in particular you bring up shab yeah i got to talk to him and get to know him on a personal level and we chatted briefly about uh, our days in college uh, but he had a great career and he had a great nfl career you know i wish i could have you know mimicked his career uh, a little bit would have been nice
2: so, you, you talked about Matt Newton and, and being able to watch him mm-hmm. when you were on the scout team in 2000. Mm-hmm. We graduated a ton of players in two, after the 2000 season. Mm-hmm. Your first taste of the Rocky Mountain Showdown was in mm-hmm. 01, and and DJ Bush was the starting quarterback, yeah. but you were going to get some time in there as well. What was that like as your first experience in Denver, mm-hmm. in sold-out crowd, 75,000 mm-hmm. <laughs> coming in? Like, what was yeah. that like?
1: Well, you know, I got a great story behind that. I was the backup to DJ Bush and it was uh, it was frustrating partly because I knew DJ was a better quarterback than than myself. Uh, he was more refined through a better football. You know, he was trained as a quarterback. I necessarily wasn't trained and coached as a quarterback, uh, you know, in in high school and in my early year in college at Michigan State. So, you know, when I went into that game. I was hoping to play, but at the same time I was backup and I know we didn't have the best start. And I, I don't know if it was the third or fourth series and I they they throw me in there. Now mind you, I was I was shaking in my boots and I, I definitely was not uh, at all prepared to play in a a a field like Invesco or Mile High at that time with 76, you know, thousand fans screaming. And I think I recall throwing a couple bad balls, but one play that I remember is somehow I got the wind knocked out of me and something happened. And I go to the sideline and I'm laying on the sideline and who comes over to me and looks at me, Joey Porter, I'm laying on the sideline on my back, like almost hyperventilating. And I have, and I've never met Joey Porter and Joey Porter looks like over the top of me. And he's like, you're our quarterback. And I looked up at him on my back going, who are you, right? Like, who are you staring at me? And, of course, he's looking at me being like, you're our quarterback and you're laying on the ground. And I never forget it because I don't think Joey would remember that. But I remember it because that was, like, my first forte into this Rocky Mountain showdown and, frankly, my first game, a, a, a true game as a Colorado State Ram. And I'll never forget it. We lost the game. we I didn't play, uh, you know, good at all. I didn't deserve uh, to be a starter uh, at, at that time. And a couple of games later, I, I did become the starter, uh, but it was DJ Bush's team at that time. Was he, so he had graduated by then, right? Or was he just, I'm trying to think. Yeah, of- no, yeah, Porter graduated by then. Uh, he was well into the NFL, but he, he right, came there. back to the game. And I didn't know Joey because Joey wasn't there uh, when I was my my first year. Uh, you know, frankly, I was at Michigan State, so I know I, I had no concept who Joey Porter was, and he probably didn't know who I was. And he came over and said, "Who's this white dude laying on the ground acting like a quarterback?" Right? I and you know he's completely right. I I I was floundering, right, trying to you know get my breath and and anxiety running through my veins. It was it was a pretty pretty funny moment when I reflect upon it.
0: There's got to be some a little bit of a correlation. I mean, you got thrown into the fire there young in your career right and uh probably the first time you'd stepped on the field in co- in college right or mm-hmm. as a quarterback yeah. yep. and um for CSU this year we've got Braden Fowler Nicolosi I don't know how much you've been following this but uh Clay mm-hmm. Millen is being replaced by Braden Fowler Nicolosi yep. who he did get one start last year uh went mm-hmm. to Nevada and won a game um but this is kind of a, a different animal here so what do you think um what do you think he's going to experience? It's not in, it's not in Vesco field. It's not mm-hmm. uh, in power field, whatever it's called now. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be maybe even worse because it's in Boulder and it's going yeah. to be hostile and it's a huge game. And there's a lot of eyeballs. What do you think is going to be going through uh, what he's going to be dealing with and what kind of advice, you know, if that was you, would you, how, how would you handle that?
1: It's, it's hard for me. I never got to play, uh, you know, at, at CU. So I've never experienced what it's like to run out uh, through the tunnels onto that field. I can only imagine there's going to be a lot of excitement. Uh, It's going to be louder, more deafening than even uh, Invesco at that time. My, I think my advice is pretty similar when I, when I talk to kids in college uh, and even maybe high school is, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand football's four quarters and you're going to have, you're going to have bad plays. You're going to, you're going to make bad reads. You're going to throw a bad ball, but you just got to go play, right? You got to play and, and, and as much as myself, I know what it's like to get all like, jacked up and miss a couple, you know, throws and or throw some just really horrible balls, right? Because you're just, you're so nervous. But you just got to go and you just got to play. And I think through playing, you relax. And, and that's kind of my advice is, you know, don't worry about making all the passes, right? Don't worry about the statistics. You know, if you miss a check down, if you miss, you know, the overthrow, just get back on the saddle, just keep going. I think it's the, it's the, it's the kids that get, you know, really, nervous and they want to make everything perfect and they're trying to make every completion as a quarterback, uh, you know, that that kind of stumble. And then they start getting rocked. And you don't want to get rocked too early. Again, it's four quarters. And I I think I did very well back in the day playing four quarters. And that's why we always were in games, win or lose.
0: That's interesting you say that because that's that seems to be what Clay Millen's issue was. He clearly has talent. He's got an NFL arm. Uh he's smart and he's Accurate. I mean, he was broke the for CSU completion percentage last year. However, I think there is some issue. He he's gotten rocked. He got rocked all last year. He got rocked in uh, the the opener a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and uh, I think he has a tendency to not unleash it and throw mm-hmm. down field. He's taking the safe passes all the time and trying to be perfect and trying not to make those mistakes. And I think you just outlined that there's got to be some element of playing a little more free and taking some of those calculated chances and letting the ball rip downfield a little bit
1: yeah i i completely agree and i was having this conversation a week ago and it was pertaining a little bit to csu but also just in general about quarterbacking and i recall when i was coming through the nfl in early 2000s or mid 2000s and and it really was apparent that completion percentage completion percentage was so big we kept all of our stats in practice they all they talked about is completion percentage And it really started getting drilled in quarterbacks' minds through the coaches and through the statisticians that, hey, high percentage, right, leads to offensive production. Offensive production leads to touchdowns and it leads to winning games. And I think quarterbacking might have taken a kind of a fundamental shift around that time where, you know, uh, making sure you hit your checkdowns, making sure that you got your, you know, eight-yard dump or your six-yard dump or your four-yard crossing pattern was really the way you win games. And at that time, it might have been true, uh, and it might have continued on that for a decade. But I think now it's it's starting to change again, because a lot of teams will kind of fall back and let you check down, and then they'll come up and just maul you. And you'll constantly be in, you know, second and longs, third and longs, third and mediums. And yeah, it it looks statistically good, right, from a quarterback's perspective. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily always get points on the board, doesn't always get touchdowns, and it doesn't always – you know keep a defensive uh you know on their back feet. So, you know, I I think statistics are important to a certain uh you know, a certain point, but as you as you heard me say earlier in this program, statistics are for losers in my opinion and a W is all it's about. And I don't care if Bradley Van Pelt threw 50%, I didn't keep that stat. I just wanted to win. At the end of the day, I was known to win. I wasn't known about my percentage. And that goes, you know, for a lot of older-style quarterbacks as well. It was about the win. It wasn't about throwing for 75%.
2: You you can look at Russell Wilson last weekend. I mean, at one point he was 19 for 20 or 19 for 21, and the Broncos did nothing on offense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I heard about that, and that's what goes through my head, right? He's playing the safe card, and people want, you know, that's the way to win and get get the ball in the hands of the wide receiver and the such. So, you know, you can see the falsities in it. Uh, you can see that there's limitations and I think they're just becoming evident. I think that's defenses react to that. And it, at the end of the day, I'd rather rip it. I mean, I'm going to go down, you know, at least Bradley Van Pelt style. I'm going to go down ripping it. I'm going to go down, you know, guns a blazing and going after that victory. Cause I, again, it was never about statistics for me whatsoever.
2: So going back to that one game, we, they beat us. I mean, mm-hmm. they beat us pretty badly. They yep. go on, they play in the Fiesta Bowl probably should have been in the in the championship game the BCS mm-hmm. championship game mm-hmm. they're ranked 6th in the nation we're coming off i mean you did a great job uh we won the new orleans bowl mm-hmm. how did how did you approach that game that rocky mountain showdown in o2 knowing all this stuff knowing what happened the year before mm-hmm. knowing what they were bringing back and uh and pulling off that huge upset well
1: it was quite different to go in to the Rocky mountain showdown 2002 uh, knowing I was a starter. It was the first time. Uh, it's my, my daughter, by the way, it's one of my daughters who she wants to know uh, what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> this is my, actually I'll, I'll bring her up just cause it's important. She's interested. This is, this is my five-year-old. Her name's Brielle. Um, Hi, Brielle. So she's a little champ. She's, you know, big, big into soccer and low gymnastics right now. Uh, awesome. But so, you know, what's interesting about that game and, and actually about that year Is it was my third year uh, out of high school, and it was the first time. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. This is
2: Willow. This is my (laughs) seven-year-old.
1: Hi, Willow. Uh, It. You know, I, I was the starter, and I, for once, didn't have to constantly try to tell tell people I want to play quarterback. I was the quarterback. I was finally allowed to just be a quarterback, and that was that was a game changer for me because as soon as I arrived at Michigan State my freshman year. Everything was about how do we change this guy? How do we get him to play another position? And when I got my first year at Colorado State, same thing happened. How do we change this guy? How do we, you know, get him to play another position? And and so, uh, you know, it was after three years, right? After three years of that, because actually happened, I guess, my first year. And I think I might have got my years mixed up. My When I was a backup to DJ Bush, you know, they still were trying to change, you know, change me because they wanted to get me on the field. So entering my fourth year, I said third year, but it's really my fourth year. I finally was a quarterback. I finally got to play and I didn't have to convince people they should let me because they, because I was the quarterback. And so my confidence level uh, increased drastically. I still was very raw. I still had to fight uh, for training, which sounds, you know, you know, strange that a, a, the quarterback of CSU Rams still had to fight to, you know, get coached, but you know, I was still in that fight, but I at least made it to the field as a starter and good things happen, right? Good things happen in terms of victories. Again, not so much statistics, uh, but from a victory standpoint, we we won and we played hard for four quarters. And that's what I think people want to see. They want to see us show up and give effort. And if you give that effort day in day out, it's really hard. Uh, it's really hard to to get angry and point fingers, even if you don't win.
2: From the from the team uh, standpoint, was there enough guys from the from the two thousand season? that played with, uh, with Matt or did they just follow your lead going into that game? Like, Hey, let's put our heads down. Let's, let's just get this win.
1: Well, the 2002 season is quite different uh, because there wasn't many players that were, and again, there was a few, you had like Cecil Sapp, right. And you had, I want to say that year, I'm trying to, you know, recollect. I think we had some good defensive uh, starters that still came from that era, but there definitely was a big switch. Cause it was really that 2001 year. Right. Which which you had like Pete Repstock, you know, le- you know, left over in a couple, um, you know, from the, 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 the Newton years. And, you know, by the time we got to the 2002 game, you really you, you know, it was it was different errors. Right. It was uh, a lot of those the, those guys were ha- had graduated and a lot of the younger classes there. That's when you first started seeing some people like the Dave Anderson's, the Joel Dreesons you know, come on, uh, who really never played with Newton. So that was uh, a big year because it really was a changing of the tide where 2001 was kind of like, kind of like middle ground, right? It was still a slow process uh, because you had a lot of those um, players still on the team from the Newton years. And then 2002 was a lot of young guys and myself who, you know, were their first time, you know, kind of running the show. For this team, this, this year, it's a little bit different from that situation
0: because you did have some star players You did, you were coming off a bowl season, Mm -hmm. but still you weren't necessarily, no one was giving you a lot of chances to win that game, I don't think, that year. And just like this year, I mean, someone said that this is the largest point spread that there has been in this, in the Rocky Mountain Showdown, maybe forever. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the the stat was, but something like that. And nobody, I mean, I mean, nobody is given CSU a chance. So how did you guys handle that? Like the, obviously in your own mind within the team, you probably felt like you had a chance, right? You probably expected to go in there and win that game. I don't know if the current team maybe share has that same kind of mentality because they've been losing for so long. Right. So
2: yeah. how,
0: what is it going to take for them to ever overcome that and come out and just play with play free and and play and, and execute how you need to
1: execute mm. to win in a
0: game like that.
1: Well, I, I think that's what we've been facing uh, on and off uh, for many years. You know, CSU football, right? You you might have a, a good season, but you, we can't continue with you know backing up with most several good seasons in a row. So we're constantly uh, you know trying to get the momentum in our favor, right? and I think it's 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 hard because when I look back at what happened to us, right? We did get in a bowl game. It wasn't, it was the first year of New Orleans Bowl. We beat North Texas. It wasn't, wasn't, you know, again, wasn't a great performance by myself or we didn't look that spectacular, but people didn't, you know, didn't understand what was happening internally on the team, right? We had a lot of young talent that was coming through the the pipeline. I had myself who, again, finally was a starter and was extremely confident in the ability to win. Uh, And we took that into that 2002 year I don't think that was understood outside of the, the, uh, the locker room, but we understood it. I believed it. I, I, I fully expected to win. I expected to win every game I went on the field. Cause I never, I never knew the, you know, the odds. I never, I didn't even know our opponent's names. I'm not even going to lie. Like i never got caught up in anything. I simply, all I knew was the guys on my team and I knew the team we were playing and where I had to be. That's, that's about as simple as it was for me. Nowadays it, it is, it's different. We're, It doesn't seem like, you know, the momentum, we don't have a lot of momentum coming off of last year. Uh, We don't have, it doesn't seem like we have a lot of momentum coming from, uh, you know, week one uh, versus Washington state. But I think the the kids have to understand that there comes a time you have like a defining game or defining moment where you just, you you have resiliency and you just play and you show up and you uh, you're consistent, you're persistent and you, you just line up and play. I and mean, Don't worry about statistics. And I think we got to get there. We got to almost just just go all out and not worry about making mistakes and not worry about sometimes the score. Just worry about giving 100% effort. Buy into the program. This is what, you know, Sonny Lubick used to talk about, is buying into the program. Truly kind of buy in and be, uh, you know, be that guy who just is going to throw it all in the line. And sometimes I feel like we play timid. When I watch Colorado State, it sometimes is like, we're just about there, but we're just not taking that next step to where we're playing freely. We're not running freely. I think that's why we look slow sometimes, frankly, is we're just not running with abandon, right? Like we're almost running, worried that, you know, we're, we're, we're missing something, right? Or, you know, we're thinking you're thinking things, uh, you know, too much. So my advice is go out there and play. Don't worry about the score, but play four quarters. Play four quarters, put it all on the line. Uh, and if you play as a team for four quarters, good things happen.
0: Well, I, I think there is talent on this team. I just think that we have been missing someone like you who wills the rest of the team. Obviously you had talent around you, but mm-hmm. just something that you, you willed yourself, you willed that team to win. You refused to lose. You just had that mentality. We refused to lose. And you, there was just that extra grit, you know, that your, your teams had, mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. just has been missing, and maybe it's just because the the lot the losing over the years is permeated, and you have one bad thing happen, and and there's probably that underlying thought of here we go again, and mm-hmm. you don't play as with reckless abandon as you mentioned as you might otherwise. So, hopefully, well, we can just see see that turn here very soon.
1: Well, you you brought up a good point. I I think it it's something I gotta I gotta bring up is, you know, I I never. I have no recollections ever really being shaken too much. I mean, sure. We commented that my first game as a CSU Ram, I was laying on my back, hyperventilating. I couldn't catch my breath, but that was my first game ever. And it was a Rocky mountain showdown and I hadn't played football for years. So I give myself, you know, a little slack, but I do believe over the course of the next three years or you know, as my teammates looked to me, they saw a wild fire in my eyes. Right. I like, I wasn't shaking at all. All I was trying to do is get back on that field because I was hell bent on going and playing football. And I think it did help. It helped calm the nerves of some other teammates and also made them believe like, look at Van Pelt. You know, he might be, you know, batshit crazy out there, but he's going out there playing. I can do this too. Right. And if we do it all together, right. And if we have this kind of attitude Uh, After a while we start believing it. And I do think that's what happened is we started believing that we can do it because we had the attitude and because our leaders on the team weren't shaken. We looked to one another and it's like, let's get on with business. We, again, we might, we might've looked sloppy. We might've not been refined around the edges, but you couldn't shake us. Uh, We just kept coming at you. And I think we, we wore a lot of teams down that way is that they knew they knew they couldn't, they couldn't steamroll us. They'd have to beat us and they'd have to beat us by playing four quarters and by and large, I think we we won more because we played four quarters harder and we believe. So I, I do think uh, and I'm hoping that, you know, CSU can find some of those leaders on the field where just they're not shaken. Even when things look down, even if you have a bad quarter, and you're down 14 points, 21 points. Don't roll over. Right. Don't roll over. Just be resilient.
0: Let me pause super quick and tell you about Ginger and Baker. Guys, could Ginger Graham be any more impressive We talked about some of her accolades when we had her on the podcast a few weeks ago, but among her many ambitions she's got going on right now, she was just named the CEO of Walgreens. She's amazing. And what she's created in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker exemplifies how everything she does is done with excellence and first class all the way. The Cash Restaurant is an example of that. And right now, they've got the full family of Weller bourbon available in the cash, including the hard-to-find limited edition Weller CYPD, And by the way, all whiskey is half price every Wednesday, which is a perfect opportunity to taste one, two, or more of these fine spirits. The cafe has all my personal comfort food favorites. And of course, they got great events and cooking classes each and every month. Check out gingerandbaker.com calendar for a full list of cooking classes and other events. This place is amazing, guys. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at our favorite place, Ginger and Baker. I got a few more questions for you, but I did want to look back Mm -hmm. one more time to one of your other Rocky Mountain showdowns. And that was 2003. Mm -hmm. That was a game you passed for 339 yards, three touchdowns. You ran 13 times for 91 yards and two touchdowns. So you counted for all five of our touchdowns in the game. I mean, that was, to me, that was one of the most entertaining games I've ever seen or attended. It was also one of the most painful since we lost 42 to 35 and, probably remember the lightning strike and the jeremy bloom long touchdown joel clatt had a big game but what do you
1: remember what were some of the the high points and low points of that game well i think you hit some of the high points right we had a pretty good offensive production and i i felt that i played a, a decent game i i definitely could have been better could have scored more points i felt uh you know both you know individually but as running the ball but also throwing I think the low point was that was that was a, a turning point for our defense at Colorado State. Cause uh, years prior, especially when I showed up and Larry, Coach Larry Kerr was the defensive coordinator, we had a very stout defense, right? We were we were known, we were early adopters of the Tampa two coming from uh the Kiffin, Monty Kiffin. And I think that we, you know, we were we were led to victory a lot of times by our defense. And that was a, a big turning point where it felt like our offense really had to now you know, hold up a lot of the weight because our defense just couldn't get the stops. Right. It, it for some reason. And again, I don't want to, you know, point to individuals because uh, in my mind, I have a couple right individuals I could have uh, pointed to in that game, but it was just one of those letdowns where that just, that wasn't, that wasn't how Colorado state uh, played the years, you know, previous, right. It was their defense. And so I think if we would have matched the defense that we had uh, maybe my, my junior sophomore, freshman years, Uh, With the offense, we had our senior years. Things would have been lights out because I had a very, you know, disappointing senior season. Uh, I mean, individually, I I had a decent season, but again, statistically, that wasn't what I was after. I was after victories, and we we did not end uh, my senior season the way uh, I set out to. And I think defense had a unfortunately a larger role than I like to admit in that.
0: Do you remember that uh, following game against UCLA? Remember, we we start off the year two oh, no yeah. two two huge wins obviously, and then you go on the chance you go play in the Rose Bowl, and yeah. we actually had them on the ropes a little bit in that first half. Came out, we had a couple turnovers and probably uh I think a was there a pick six or an interception in the second half. I know you probably wanted back, but yeah, what what do you remember about that? That was just uh, that was one wish we wish we could all have back that
2: game.
1: Yeah, I think about this game probably more so than any other football game because there was a couple. Well, first off, when you're 2-0 and going into a game, right, at the Rose Bowl, knowing that we're on the cusp of, of really big things and, you know, we're now going to go knock off a pack Pac-10 school, be 3-0. and I mean, we were we were going to be the Fresno State, right, uh, of that year because that's when David Carr, you know, uh, your uh, uh, previous, right, went on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So there was a lot of excitement. I think for me, when I do look back at the games, a couple things stand out. I remember, one, Cecil Saps running – for a touchdown he got he broke away it was about 60 65 yard run and I was running after him out of excitement but he was getting chased down and he got the ball stripped and I remember I was the first to come across the ball and you know everything happens very quickly and I remember trying to recover the ball but sliding by it so I missed the opportunity to recover a fumble which you know at that would look like it was gonna be a touchdown and then UCLA got it and that was really a struggle because we did have them on the ropes, right? We had we had the momentum, and and that was uh, to me a turning point. Now we we got some momentum back in the fourth quarter, and I remember actually running kind of like a broken like option play to the left, where I kind of just ran it in. And I remember we had a two point conversion uh, that we needed to tie the game. And I remember this because that was when they I think they hit an a gap and they they got me as I was doing an option right. And I kind of tried to flick the ball as I was basically going down because there's very little I could do. And they took the ball and I want to say they ran it all the way back for a two point right, you know, they got two point on uh on on that failed conversion. And that it was just a very big letdown because again, we you know, we even though we played a good game, we just we just kind of didn't put it together. And I and I think for me being my junior season, I think I might have got a little too excited after the Colorado game. And I don't think I prepared uh, as, as uh, keenly as I should have. I think I was thinking, Hey, this is going to happen. We're so good. And we were good. But I think uh, in hindsight, if I would have just said, no, hang on, let's settle down, Bradley. Let's let's focus on this next big game. We would have come out victorious. uh, Cause I would have just, I would have had a better game for four quarters.
2: So So, go go ahead, Joel.
0: No, I was going to, I was going to bring it back around now to this year. And I saw what you had said about, uh, Deion Sanders and what they're doing in Boulder. For those that haven't read the Denver Post article, what are your thoughts on what's been going on in Boulder and and what is uh, walking into here?
1: Well, first off, I haven't read the article. It's it's <laughs> locked. Everyone keep everyone keeps sending it to me, and it's locked, right? Because I don't have access. I'm not a Denver Post subscriber. Uh, my first reaction. Oh, give it, to you. Oh, you it
2: to you, buddy.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So my first reaction to one of my friends, actually, you know that that got posted last night, and who of all people? Texted me was Jake Plummer. And Jake Plummer said, yo, look at this uh this uh article. And my heart kind of sank because, you know, over the years, sometimes I feel like I've been misquoted or I've been, you know, some of my quotes have been taken out of context and and sometimes makes me sound like I don't want to write be, you know, sound like. And that's really frustrated me because I know the type of guy I'm in, in, in my core. I know I, I think I'm a stand-up guy. You know, I might be loose around the edges and and such, but I know I'm a good guy. Uh, I think my, my friends know that. So I'm always, I'm always very, you know, leery, uh, when, when these articles go out, cause I don't know how they're going to try to paint me for whatever, forever purpose. But, but I did, I did feel that, um, someone told me that, Hey, the article is not bad. It came out pretty good, and, which was a big relief, right? Big relief for me and for CSU. Right. Cause I don't want, I don't want anyone, to, uh, in the Rams, um, organization to feel like I, I said something that's detrimental. Um, so yeah, send me that article. I'm interested to see it. But when it comes to Deion Sanders and and CU Buffs, you know I'm not a hater. I uh, look Deion, I mean, that guy's from his playing days to his collegiate years. I mean the guy's just a raw talent, multi sport athlete. I mean how do you how do you hate on someone like that? You know what he did at Jackson State. I followed. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was marvelous, wonderful. Right? It was to see that excitement you know happen. Uh, at that school, it's something you, you kind of cheer for, right? Even if I wasn't a Jackson state fan and never even really heard of Jackson state, that was just really pretty neat. And his, his personal struggles, right? He, he's very much had some personal struggles with uh, you know, his leg and his foot and his toes. So yeah, you know, guys going through adversity personally, he also has it on the field. So how it comes all this to you is look, man, he's got a lot of excitement. There's a lot of kids that want to play for uh, you know, prime time. Uh, he. He's got, he's got the momentum and he's got people believing. And that's part of, I think the hype, part of this idea of primetime is, man, if you believe you can do it, you can do it. And don't let anyone say you can't do it because I'm going to be here and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, you can do it. And that's part of, that's part of how you, you know, do it. And he's doing it right now and good for those kids that want to go play for him because who would not want to go play for that, you know, kind of exciting, exciting atmosphere and see you, you know, it's a, it's a great, it's a great school, uh pretty cool stadium. So, you know, no hater, no hater here.
2: So in ninety nine, you you were at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So you you were probably on the field, uh not playing, but mm-hmm. on the field whenever you beat Michigan at home. Why do those two rivalries compare? The Michigan, Michigan State, and mm-hmm. and csu
1: Well, well, first off, I mean, the obvious is you have uh you have two state schools, two Aggies, right? Aggies. Um, uh, you know, same colors, and there's a lot of similarities when you talk. You know, it's ironic I went from Michigan State to Colorado State, but I think there's also just this this similarity between uh, University of Michigan and CU. I mean, uh, maybe similar uh, undergraduate body, maybe similar attitudes, maybe similar fans, but. I have some cousins that went to or I have several cousins that went to uh, University of Michigan. And I always said, you know, you guys remind me a lot of uh, the CU fans. Right. <laughs> and this was, you know, this is 20 years ago. And it seems to be it's kind of held true. And so I think part of the rivalry is based on they just you just have two fundamentally, again, in my eyes, I say fundamentally might not be true, but fundamentally different schools and also kind of different student bodies. And it kind of it, it's been going on for some time and. And I think you know the the rivalry. I would say Michigan Michigan State from a from a uh, I guess a Big Ten Big Twelve whatever you want to call a school you know the a conference it, you know it might be a little bigger at least from a national attention standpoint. But when you get at you know when you get down to the nitty gritty, that you know CU CSU game carries significant weight, right? And the excitement, just like it's now, you can see it. It still attracts a lot of attention because Colorado is just a great state. Uh, we've had a lot of great uh, college football being played right uh, in this state. So there's a lot of attention and rightfully so. So there's a lot of similarities, uh, you know, some good, maybe some not so good, but it, it, it's, it's, it's there. It's there. And there's uh, no doubt about it.
2: What would you, what would you tell the team? If you were able to get in their locker room tomorrow, mm-hmm. what would you tell them?
1: You know, I thought about this a lot because, you know, it, it's difficult. What could you tell a team, right? What can you tell a team a day or two before a game that would get them to somehow play better, right? Somehow block better. I mean, what, what could you say? What could you say? It's uh, I think a lot of, a lot of uh, aspects of, of, of the, you know, the, the game are set. And I say that as the coaching staff set, right. You know, the, the roster set, right. The venue set, And it's like, what, what can you say to get them to either focus? And I, sometimes I'm, I'm lost for words uh, at that because, you know, as I told you earlier, there's the basics, right? You got to play as a team play four quarters, but you know, people hear this and it kind of goes in one ear and out the other, almost like, yeah, I've heard that uh, you a hundred times. I, I don't, it's kind of, they numb. So what would Bradley Van Pelt say to a kid that's, that's novel and and that's unique and they haven't heard before. I don't know if I could say anything. Uh, I think what, what i would do is just try to remind kids i guess is that the significance about football really is not the wins and losses it's really about it's about your character being put on the line are you that type of kid that's going to step in and be persistent and he's going to play four quarters i think that's the only thing you could really try to drive through to them is that you know football's like kind of life right there's a lot of quarters and just cuz there's a couple plays that don't go your way you got to be resilient and you have to play four quarters. That's, you know, that's just the name of the game. You're not going to win much. And, and I think if they could uh, get that through and and kind of, uh, you know, absorb into them that, Hey, this is four quarters. And if I don't have, you know, a couple good drives, that's okay. I got more quarters. Then, you know, that would be, that'd be worthwhile, um, you know, saying it, but I don't have the magic bullet. You think we got a shot? I do I I think I think we have a shot because if you just look at people and these kids that are there they're there for a reason a lot of them have won a lot of them have talent right we were commenting earlier Joel they they have talent you just gotta you, you gotta somehow combine that talent with that effort and the persistency uh to yield results and so I definitely believe there's there's a chance now is it is it um is it how likely is it well, I mean, that's debatable, but I absolutely know that, that those uh, kids in that locker room have a fighting chance to go out there and to shake up uh CU because I think when a team's riding too high and they're too confident, if we could somehow shake them up a little bit and, and get them maybe to rely on the run a little bit, maybe we can, you know, make a couple tackles, a couple big plays, you know, we get that momentum and they start bickering on themselves uh, you know, very quickly, they can start going, Hey, are we, are we as good as we think? And So if we could somehow change, right. And get a, get a good quarter or two quarters and change that momentum just for a hot minute, dude, a couple, you know, hot minutes and get them to question um, themselves. I think we have a fighting chance, but we definitely can't do it if we're playing from behind, we can't do it if we're playing, you know, 35, zero, that's when, you know, that's when it gets really difficult to come back. So we have to, we gotta, we gotta be there in in the first couple quarters, And we gotta prove to them that we can play football. If we prove to CU that CSU's got some resiliency, and we're there, then we got a fighting chance to, uh, you know, surpass them playing four quarters.
0: I love it. And you said it. You said it even in 2002 when you went two and zero, and you started thinking that you know, you were going to go into UCLA and win and maybe didn't prepare as didn't quite have that edge, maybe preparing for UCLA that you normally would have. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of that human nature going on with CU right now. They're going to really be as up for little old CSU who has struggled for the last eight years, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, they've got Oregon the following week. So uh, I think that we will bring our A game and I hope it's a, hope it's enough to smash him in the mouth a little bit up front and get off to a good start, like you said. So, man, I, I just don't want to sit through another game where we have like five minutes of enjo- enjoyment and then the thing goes south, especially in Boulder, because it, it will get ugly. Those fans are intolerable. And yeah. uh, if you make it, I'm sure you will get a little bit of that as you have have in the past.
1: So, um, you know, there might be a sighting. There might be a sight. Keep your eyes peeled. I'll be there um and of course if i'm there right i'll reach out to you i'll be floating around i'll be on good behavior as i should be because i'm a family man i got a bunch of kids i don't need i don't need any more bad publicity um you know circling around so
2: uh, shanny's not gonna get mad at you for wearing that cape now
1: no i know the capes and you know some obscenities on my shirt which by the way i never wrote (laughs) people wrote them on the back and i should have been you know known better than to let him do that right but (laughs) Again, you're in your 20. You just think things are funny, uh, but yeah, I know Shanny's not going to get mad at me. Gary Kubiak's not going to call me in his office. I think the only thing that changes these days is more of it's more of a character thing, right? You get to an age where you realize you're like, that's not who I am, and I got, I got my, I got a, I got a character that I that I stand up for. Uh, I got integrity, and I'm gonna go there and be a good fan and and support my team, and and hopefully just stay out of the limelight because again, it's about the kids. And I, I can't wait for a victory to come our way because it'd be so nice just to revel in their success. Right. And that's what we all want to do as fans is we want to revel in the kids success. And that's what I'm going to be chasing. I'm going to be chasing, um, you know, their success. Well, good stuff, brother. And uh, hopefully, so the CSU alumni association has a
0: tailgate. If you end up making it to that, let's have a, a beer yeah. or three. And
1: yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll see me. So I appreciate it. Uh, the game's, you know, a couple days away. So don't be surprised if you see me, but no guarantees. You're bringing, if you come, are you bringing your whole crew? I wish I could bring my whole, no, we're not bringing, uh, my wife, she knows better because I'm going to be doing my thing and she's going to be stuck with five kids. So she's, <laughs> she's, she's always like this now. And I don't blame her. She's like, Bradley, I love that you want to include the whole family, but I'm always getting stuck with all the kids and you're out doing, you know, everything. And I never had, and I'm like, ah, oh, you are completely right, Rachel. Um, you know, I, how do I keep? believing that right that i'm going (laughs) to somehow share the responsibilities uh when when it's something related uh especially to football or or something that that i have to partake uh, partake in so one day one day you'll start seeing more of my children as they get a little older uh and they could kind of handle the situation it'll be it'll be fun
0: yeah not not the best environment for them saturday so it's not that's a good choice I'll wait
1: until we're back up, um, you know, back up before oh, next year yeah, that yeah, exactly. That'll be a little different or maybe later this year. I did tell my, my oldest boy who's eight that, Hey, if, cause he's missing this game and he really wants to go. I said, Hey, why don't we look at the schedule? Why don't we just make it to a, a game later in the season? and therefore it's going to be a lot tamer and you could see my my college campus and you could you know go see you know some of the highlights uh, of fort collins and he thought that was a great idea i thought it was a great idea my wife thought it was a great idea so it's a winner right now
0: good deal well man it's it's uh, always awesome talking talking to you and catching up with you appreciate it man you're the best
1: all right guys gentlemen hope to see you on saturday see you pal go rams go rams Thank you
0: to Bradley Van Pelt. That was so good. Always great talking to him. He's insightful. Just love it. Just love his thoughtfulness. He's just a good, good dude. And obviously he still cares about CSU. And, and I hope he's right. I mean, I hope, uh, I hope that we do have a fighting chance Saturday night. I don't see why not. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll try to do another recording tomorrow as we're going to have Pete Redstock on. We actually tried to have Matt Newton as well. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, that probably isn't going to work out this week, but Pete will be fantastic, and he's he's a very opinionated guy, so that'll be good. But that'll be uh, two guys that have a combined three wins over the Buffs here on the podcast uh, this week, so trying to bring a little good karma going into Saturday. Hope you all enjoyed that. Big, big few days. It's uh send a lot of good thoughts up prayers up that the Rams are ready to go let's let's shock it boys let's shock it all right thanks for listening go rams i got my but didn't pick out finally got a